So uh, I welcome you all to another episode of the Central Talk. Today we will be discussing about the pandemic and how it has affected our lives as well as the healthcare system in India. And for the same, we have with us here today, Dr. Deeksha Khanna. Hello, ma'am, once again. Hello. Uh, without further delay, let's begin, ma'am. Uh, we have seen a lot of lapses. We have seen a lot of lapses in yeah. health in the healthcare industry during the second wave itself. Do you think the, that India needs a healthcare reboot? Uh, definitely, healthcare system in India needs a very uh, a, a big reboot in terms of three major key points. I would really, I would really highlight that we all learned from the pandemic was first was the accessibility uh second was the affordability and third was the availability we all saw uh, non-availability of the drugs we all saw non-availability of beds we saw on non-availability of uh, oxygen cylinders uh second comes again the affordability that is there that was that was not uh, there in the system uh in the healthcare system during the second wave not many of uh, not many uh, could really afford the oxygen cylinders not many did uh, were not from a good economic background who could really support and you know get the affordability and the accessibility many were not really accessible even to the hospitals uh, the transportation even the ambulances that we saw yeah. that time were uh, really uh, less in numbers and that was also a big reason uh, for a lot of number of deaths as well. I would like to share an event uh, based on this, uh, a real life event. The patient was COVID positive and the shortage of ambulance led to the death of the patient itself in the, at, in the home. So that is what could have been prevented. And... Um, it should have been it has to be prevented so yes with three these basic features the healthcare system needs to really work on it yeah i totally agree with you ma'am uh, so what practices do you think we can incorporate in our day-to-day -day lives to uh, avoid all this from happening right see firstly it's all basic uh firstly it's basics it's the hand washing techniques the who has recommended, uh, recommended us, it is seven basic steps. It doesn't take around, it just takes 30 minutes for us to, uh, 30 seconds, sorry, 30 seconds for us to do hand washing. That is the main. Secondly, we, we all should be wearing masks. Third, we should be carrying our sanitizers. And lastly, uh, you're not, nah, last but not the least, we should all be concentrating upon uh, uh, our vitamin C, our multivitamins, and additionally, I would add the exercises also that also boost your immunity. And some sort of personal touch, if uh, you are happy, uh, happiness does boost your hormones and they keep you fit and away from all the problems. So that yeah. is the basic that we can all do. And yes, of course social distancing i know it is difficult but let's try do, let's try doing it
I, I totally agree with you, ma'am. It's like really essential at this point of time. Right. So like you pointed out the happiness, right? So um, opposite to the contrary to the happiness is the stress, which uh, everybody is undergoing. And specifically, I, I would like to give a hats off to the medical staff and all the health workers in, in that team. So we've all seen that in the pandemic. All the healthcare workers, including the final year students as well, were called on ground to tackle this um, heavy battle between the COVID and us, right? So uh, how did you all manage to uh, cope up with all the pressure, the stress that was undergoing at that point of time? Um, stress was more than what uh, we we are uh, you know born and brought up with once we are doing our mbbs or medical studies you're always born and brought up with the uh, with this uh, with the stress uh, so we are generally very used to it but yes definitely this uh, time exceeded uh, the stress level so one uh, what we as medical professionals were doing was counseling each other Secondly, there was an emotional support from everybody around uh, for us. Thirdly, all the sympathy that was there was keeping a boost, uh, keeping our stress away. And then, yes, um, we were with each other at every point of time, wherever uh, one, we used to see that one person is going down and something is happening. So we were all there as a team and I would say as a family more. Uh, to bring down the stress and yes again uh, we all uh, uh, took our time some time for ourselves what we like to do and uh, and by you know uh, everything uh, around was the people around were so uh, you know uh, uplifting and uh, every time even from for example like when my home I used to come and they the way my parents and my brother and everybody were looking up that boosts up your uh, confidence and releases your stress and doing you that um, releases your stress and that really feels like yes this can be coped up and this can be done and this is what we are made for and last not the least when a COVID positive patient goes home with uh, you know uh, uh you know he was he, the person the covid patient was, was utterly you know d uh, diseased and he he's he had no you know scope of going back home and when we all worked and then he went back home so yes that blessing again releases out all the stress so that's why we were co how we were coping up and but yes but for the final years uh, they had a really hard, hard, you know, reality check. I'm sure a lot of people would have, you know, thought about it again. Okay, should we be continuing with this or not? But uh, at the end, it's all worth it once you get the blessings from all around and especially the patients. So that that was the only way out he was, you know, coping up with stress. I, I'm sure it must be a tough time for all of you out there. And not only you, I guess, even the um, COVID families that would have come with if, you know, uh, whoever the relative is. How did you help them even tackle them? You know, they must be under a lot of stress and pressure. They can't even meet their uh, relative inside, right? I'm, I am sure. So how would uh, you help them out and, you know? Uh, at that moment, uh, we were the only people talking to the attendants, attendants, attendants that time, and uh, 
we started a video call every uh, evening for one hour for for uh, the covid patient and the family oh, we never uh, the protocol was made because yeah so nursing attending uh, nursing attending the patient covid positive patient was at the in the evening time 6 to 7 or 8 they were made sure uh, to you know talk to the attendant i mean the patient was assured to talk to the attendant and so that attendant was you know in a sigh of relief that yeah my patient is is okay or else if something is uh, you know there and if the attendant wants to come and see with proper precautions in rare cases we we did allow them it was just uh, for their safety for the attendant safety not to catch covid that was the only uh, purpose for us for attendants not meeting and we as managers also uh, did this job also for the covid patients who are there in the icu in a critical because family need, family needs to know what uh, is the condition and how uh, you know the you know further things will go with them even and second wave was such ki you know hame jisme pata bhi nahi tha ki patient kab ki death ho jaye wo abhi theek ho raha hai discharge ho raha hai aur patient suddenly collapsed and patient died so us time attendant uh, ka stress was a different uh, level and uh, handling them and seeing grief all around was uh, something that really made every one of us think back again that should we be there in the industry or not because uh, we at the end of the day we all are humans and uh, we also were uh, you know stepping back but at the end of the day uh, something or maybe a, uh, you know god uh, by god's grace or god's mm-hmm. uh, you know uh, what do you say i'm i'm i think i'm going out of uh, the question next <laughs> yeah i'm sure it must be a really really tough time i can actually understand by your words itself it's very heavy and and besides that uh, it was a lot of myths and superstitions coming in right at that point of time so there were like a lot of people who were falling for these myths and superstitions that were coming all over social media and all kinds of platforms right so uh, what would be your take on that like how would you tackle such stuff on the social media which is spreading all across say superstitions uh yeah with uh, be it any field or be it any um, uh, you know industry uh, we all have myths and uh, it's this were everywhere but uh, people are not that much well educated uh, i'll talk about uh, talk in my terms i mean in my industry people are not very well educated about the fact that uh, things are not the same as they believe in myths हमारे यहाँ पे क्या होता है कि किसी ने कुछ कह दिया हाँ हाँ यार तेरे साथ मेरे साथ भी ऐसा ही हुआ था एंड दे स्टार्ट बिलीविंग इन इन दैट मिथ एंड देन देल जिससे कि डॉक्टर तो पागल बनाने के लिए बैठा है उसको क्या पता है कैसे होता है एंड दिस इज अजन रीजन फॉर सिर्फ कोविड के टाइम मिथ्स नहीं है वैसे भी मिथ्स बहुत बहुत सारे हैं बट दे आर साइंटिफिकली नॉट यू नो दे आर नॉट प्रूवन और दे आर नॉट देर मिथ्स uh, बहुत ज़्यादा अबाउट आरटीपीसीआर के रिपोर्ट के लिए भी थे uh, कि आरटीपीसीआर जो है वो सही टेस्टिंग नहीं देता है 
पेशेंट इज कोविड पॉजिटिव हाँ माइको सिम्टम्स दिख रहे हैं और आर नेगेटिव दिखा रहा है तो इसका कराने का कोई फायदा नहीं है आप एक बार वैक्सीन लगवा लो तो आपको मास्क या सोशल डिस्टेंसिंग करने की जरूरत नहीं है इट वॉज ऑलवेज इट्स इट वॉज ऑलवेज ऐसा नहीं है कि आप आपने वैक्सीन लगा ली तो आप 100 परसेंट यू नो इम्यूनाइज हो और आपको कुछ नहीं हो सकता वी ऑल सीन एग्जाम्पल इन दर्ड वेव की दोनों वैक्सीन लगी हुई है एंड पीपल आर फॉलोइंग अगेन इन दर्ड वेव देन चाहिए कि प्रेगनेंट वुमेन को वैक्सीन नहीं लगनी चाहिए क्योंकि बच्चे को कुछ हो जाएगा एंड इट्स नथिंग लाइक दैट प्रेगनेंट वुमेंट आफ्टर क्लिनिकल ट्रायल्स वर प्रूवन सेफ टू टेक द वैक्सीनेशन देन आई वुड अगेन से लास्ट वर्ज कोविड पॉजिटिव वुमेन हुज प्रेगनेंट cannot you know uh, uh, cannot give the birth and the pa- the baby would be covid positive because it was a myth that in the you know from the mother to the baby it's traveling through uterus no there were lot of cases uh, where people uh, pregnant women had delivered the baby and the baby was fine pa- baby did not have covid uh, covid positive he was not mm-hmm. covid positive and baby was pretty normal as we were all born there were the myths again uh, taking vaccination will cause will cause food allergy no nothing like that there all vaccination is done uh, you know coming up with every clinical trial and clinical trials are done for like four phases and it doesn't come up very easily yes clinical trials they wait to time and or every and everybody just said uh, it uh, again the myth was the vaccine came so early it's not effective no it's not like that humans are uh, as clinical trials and research committee they have worked oh, they have overworked to get the vaccine to keep us all safe yeah rightly pointed out so because i have be a lot hard to tackle right because people have this even if it's like the psychological mindset of these people or what is the reason behind all this is it because the psychology of the people or what um firstly this is um, uh, it was more there in the you know villages the rural uh, area i would say because of uneducation myths have generally uh, you know uh, there in the rural areas because of uneducation they don't they even didn't know what covid was i mean oh. for them it was just something uh, people people are having it and people are dying they don't know what, what is happening with the uh, with the person it's uneducation and in india we all believe kuch nahi hai uh, sab theek ho jayega and this myth these things are prevalent with cancer as well people never knew what cancer was and people were dying of cancer so this generally comes with the rural areas and psychologically yes because um not everybody has a medical person at their play at their homes and uh, everybody has their own my set of mind about things and how they you know perceive so that is why it is the myths are more believed in india more than the real facts because this, our education system doesn't really much emphasize on these things 
one, one such myth which uh, all of us, I guess, uh, came across during the second wave was that uh, the vaccines which we got during the COVID um, vaccine shots which we got were uh, creating some kind of illnesses, body illnesses, or you know, some other, other kind of problem on, in a person, which was lowering the immunity uh, when they got normal. So what is your take on such stuff? Is it true? What is your point of view? It's not true. Vaccination will never, uh, you know, reduce your immunity. I mean, for example, if we take other vaccinations like hepatitis B or tetanus, why do we take them to prevent the disease and to boost our immunities? So now, basically, what vaccination is all about? We just inject your, uh, you know, the virus in a live or a dead form with uh, mm -hmm. performing with different gene sequencing, so that the body knows it's it's a foreign body and you need to react. So um, it's, yeah, so vaccination it will never, you know, reduce your immunity. It will, uh, you know, boost up your immunity and uh, will help you fight COVID more efficiently. See, that is why in the second wave, we saw hospitalization less with COVID vaccinated people. There was a study done in hospitals that uh, that people who have taken vaccination have uh, are hospitalized less and have greater chances of recovery than people who are not uh, vaccinated. And lately in the news also, this third wave of COVID is caused by mostly unvaccinated people who do not take, who did not take the vaccination because of these myths. The mm -hmm. uh, again uh, the. There was a myth of, you know, getting, um, if you get vaccinated, uh, a woman cannot conceive. Oh. So this was all prevalent in the rural areas and uh, due to uneducation, due to lack of awareness, due to lack of medical facilities. So uh, coming back to the point, no, it uh, doesn't uh, reduces your immunity. It will help you uh, to, you know, come out in a better way and fight the disease rather than you uh, getting hospitalized. Trudy said, uh, ma'am, we saw in the second wave itself that um, there was a lack of, um, there was a shortage basically of medical equipment. There was a shortage of beds. People were fighting for beds, oxygen cylinders and what all not. So how did you as um, managers as hospital managers look into this and how did you cope up with all this? Um, on a personal note, I didn't say so much on the phone. When I was on the phone, we used to get a call for bed. At that point of time, I thought, oh my God, I cannot help. I mean, as a manager and as a doctor, I failed. But uh, again, the government, what they did for beds, uh, we all know isolation centers were open. I opened up all uh, opened up all my emergency beds for isolation. I converted uh, my parking into an isolation center with 30 beds for only for COVID. I converted all my floor for COVID. I had to, uh, uh, for uh, floor, uh, then they were tie-ups with the hotel. Because uh, they had that uh, rooms, they were tied up in the hotels for the isolations. Um, that was that that was what we were just trying to uh, deal with the availability of the beds. But uh, when it comes to the managerial part and the doctoral part, so if 
I had I just have one bed and you know so then on that way and we I have two patients so then we all decide upon the clinical uh, uh, you know uh, how clinically well the patient is and whom to give the bed so they were prioritized policies that we, uh, we as doctors and managers made that uh, what should be done in these situations. So it all depended upon how well the person is clinically or how you know bad the person is clinically. So that was one, the availability of beds. Uh, second, we all know about oxygen cylinders. So the industries, they all were converted to the uh, for you know making oxygen cylinders. But at the same time, um, that still was a, that still led to a shortage because uh, no healthcare system is in the world is prepared key uh, for this kind of disasters. So mishaps that happened, they yes that happened. But uh, uh, this was our try to you know uh, then it was the basic medics medicines and uh, that was they were not there in the pharmacies in the hospital pharmacies also for ipd patients also uh, the patients who are admitted that was a real challenge because um patient uh, was deteriorating so much and you never had the, the med medicine uh, for the patient so at that time, uh, the pharmacy companies were uh, instructed to increase the production and decrease the production of non-essential drugs. Every local pharma company was told to manufacture these uh, drugs, which are uh, you know which are really needed, and to you know for the seamless flow of the supply chain. And secondly, hospitals also help. Uh, neighbor hospitals also help uh, for uh, you know um, getting up the medicines. And uh, the situation was also such that for me also, uh, if I had to get something for my uh, you know family members, I even also had to fight for getting that drug. So uh, we did come up with the the. Uh, situation we did come up with these situations and we just uh, as managers we just uh, ex uh, you know uh, expanded our uh, uh, you know we just expanded where, where we could and all the medical equipment even all the small vendors were the tailors were you know told to manufacture the ppes for us that is how and that's the learning uh, we all got from the healthcare um, challenges, uh, healthcare pandemic that was there. Oh, now we are more prepared from the for the third wave than we were prepared for the second wave. Yeah, because we have we got an outline as to how things would proceed. But like you rightly pointed out, that uh, the production has raised, right? And if we notice before the pandemic it was really not there right like the healthcare, uh, which should have been pre prevalent from the beginning itself for the sanitization and everything was not there right so my question here is that uh, we have seen an upward demand for uh, healthcare at home during covid 
So do you think that such kind of setups which we have brought up and such kind of initiatives that we have taken up for the COVID itself is effective or not? It is. Uh, see, Healthcare at Home was, uh, you know, introduced by Dr. Gaurav Thakral, who, uh, this was a solution to the non-availability of the beds during the, uh, you know, sorry uh, during the pandemic so yeah. this idea came and for the people uh, uh, for the people who will be sick for long and are bedridden and need some amount of medical care at home and can be treated at home so this was the concept of how home uh, healthcare at home came up during the pandemic uh, we uh, during the pandemic it was on such a rise that uh, we all never wanted to go to the hospital right we all wanted to be treated at home. We want, we all always wanted to, uh, you know, have facilities at home. So, uh, four main startups for uh, healthcare at home uh, played a very important role in, uh, you know, for us dealing with um, the situation. At the end of the day, it's the bed that is not available. So your the bed at home is available for you, and it is always said that the person who uh, the uh, the the person who is sick recovers better at home with people rather than being on an ICU bed. So uh, this really helped us. Many new startups came. Many um, this created a lot of jobs in healthcare. I would really appreciate uh, this. Uh, uh, you know, startup for uh, getting into, uh, you know, for creating jobs at the time of uh, pandemic. But again, uh, due to the shortage of nursing and doctors, uh, the base, which is which, which, which are which were the base, take uh, the, the healthcare at home services and the facilities drained out fast. And it was initially not, uh, you know, uh, initially not really accepted in India because of our uh, uh, education that uh, no, the ho the person should be treated in the hospital. So they never came up the, at that level uh, of uh, for uh, for facilities. But during the time of COVID, uh, they also did uh, try their best. But again, they were. Uh, uh, you know, uh, they were, uh, they were, their facilities with their human resource ran out really fast. Yeah, true. So, ma'am, with this, we would be moving to the last question. Uh, now, the house is open to questions. So, guys, you can feel free to ask, ma'am, your any, any queries regarding the same. So, um, so the last question, which we all are really curious about, would be the booster dose. We have, uh, so there has been some unclarity with regards to the booster dose of COVID vaccine as to whom the booster dose is applicable to and when it is to be taken and uh, so and so forth. We have controversies regarding the booster dose. So, uh, and, and also we have some controversies regarding the ICMR guidelines. So maybe could you give some uh, light on the same as to uh, how to go about it? Yeah, ICMR guidelines for COVID positive people uh, for COVID guidelines is that, uh, is that uh, we all need to need to panic first of all for the third wave. It's not deemed 
dangerous it's infective uh there's a difference between dangerous and infective it's not dangerous it's not killing people no data is there yet mm. yes uh people with comorbidities any disease to them is dangerous so be it covid or be it diabetes it is dangerous so we need not need to panic if you have ever come in contact with a covid positive person just isolate yourself for 7 days and uh if and if you get any symptoms we are getting some symptoms with sore throat and uh, uh, so, uh sore throat some cold uh, there are basic medica- medications for that that needs to be taken uh, and you need not even repeat the test after 7 days you will be negative okay. if it's at this mild level just isolate yourself and just just be at peace do not panic icmr says that so icmr's latest uh, guidelines is this only no test no requirement of rt pcr even if you have come in a covid contact positive patient and um, you feel the symptoms you just trust yourself you are positive just be away from home uh, be away from people isolate yourself Now coming to the booster dose, mm-hmm. uh, I I have taken my booster dose yesterday itself. So it is uh, the eligibility for bu- booster dose is nine months by the ICMR guidelines from the second dose. The day you have taken your second dose, it's nine months. Yeah. Booster, it's not causing any discomfort. Yes, a bit a bit of. Uh, discomfort in the area of injection that's it and a uh, booster dose is important again for our uh, safety i will again say it's not that ki after getting the booster dose we cannot get positive we all can so it's upon us how uh, how 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 precautions how many precautions and how cautious are we by dealing uh, with public or while going to hospitals or while taking care of yourself that's it i agree totally ma'am so thank you ma'am uh, for um, uh, clearing all our queries and now uh, i'd like to open the floor for the questions that are in the chat box <laughs> so so shall i ma'am Okay. So, is it advisable uh, for children below twelve or? So um, yeah. I'll be sorry. Sure thing. So when the rates were fixed by the government for vaccine, when they were provided at different cost at different medical institutions. This is a question by Yashen. Ah, uh, see, um. the yes the yes. vaccine rates were fixed and they were uh, uh, you know uh, supplied for different rates from the different hospital that was uh, about the management uh, hospital management decision because um they did not really uh, see at the end of the day it's all about the business even the vaccination was a business is a business for the hospitals so that is why uh, they just uh, and there was no very much strict 
guidelines against uh, for charging high for vaccines so hospital had the top management had its own uh, reasons to charge uh, high with the government facilities the government hospital the uh, vaccines were available at the same rate even that happened with uh, the ct scan hr ct chest uh, the government had fixed the rate for uh, 2100 but uh, hospitals were charging 6800 so uh, there was no as such very strict guidelines or strict action taken away uh, taken you know for the hospital that was up uh, that was on the upper management right so uh, another question by hadia khan would be when 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 can an, what can an be done by societies as whole to understand the implications of the pandemic uh okay mm. implications right now it's too uh, or i would say it's too early to say we as a community a uh, scientific community we also don't know about the implications uh it's Uh, it's for us also it's hit and trial right now i cannot expect the society to know the implications or you know uh, do anything unless or until uh, because everything written in the medical book is uh, you know uh, seen and researched for at least 50 years and then it comes in the medical books so uh, professionals or uh, to as doctors to say what implication it would it would have yes definitely life uh, have has changed and for good i would say because we all have learned to do hand washing in a proper way so that's uh, a good positive point that the pandemic has taught the society right perfect so uh, another question by harshit uh, chopra would be what the, he wants to understand your point of view on how the new health ministry is responding to the current situation and how are they different from the previous administrations uh, right now see uh, from second wave of covid we are much much prepared in terms of the yeah, medical supplies the ministry has you know uh, taken you know um uh, proper uh, you know uh, even i would say check on the supplies for basic needs uh this is how uh, this you know ministry uh, uh, you know was has really helped us in uh, you know re- has really helped us from the second wave second wave was out of everybody's thoughts honestly uh, be it ministry be it us be it anything every administration failed at that time every admin i mean a, uh, everything but uh, you know uh, from the, um, the the ministry has learned good lessons from the second wave and third wave we are not facing any shortage of beds oxygen right now we, we can see the rise of cases more than the second uh, second wave we are not facing any issues in medical supplies we are not facing any issues right now so this is how the administration of the second wave has taught us in the third wave hmm 
So uh, Dhvanya Arora has a uh, question for you. She she asks, in the end, do you believe that people who are vaccinated are protected from this disease as a whole? Or is it simply a means of prevention and not a cure? Uh, see, um, pandemic, uh, it, this is, uh, this is not, uh, COVID-19 also has a cure, but a vaccination is something that is a means of prevention, not prevention. Yes, it's a, it's a mean of prevention. See, it's, uh, it's possible if, uh, for, uh, you know, typhoid, if you take a typhoid vaccine, it's not that you cannot get typhoid. But as a means of prevention, we do get a typhoid vaccine. See, vaccinations are not 100% for prevention. But yes, 95, 99%, uh, we uh, categorize them as a means of prevention. And cure is something once the patient is, being, uh, is there with the disease. Mm -hmm. And after that, what treatment is given is a cure. Sure we do not give a uh, vaccination to the person who's COVID positive. We only give it after three months. <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, Muskan Sharma has a question. If I've been vaccinated against COVID-19, do I need a booster dose, uh, booster shot compulsory? Yes. Yes. Um, the efficiency of COVID-19 vaccination ends in six to nine months, which the studies, the recent studies and the research data has shown. Your antibodies, now again, uh, hospitals are doing the research. I'm the part of the research project that after uh, six to eight months, how many antibodies uh, are are there in us? And after the vax, after the booster dose, how many we would be having? So, uh, Yes, it is compulsory because uh, this is again the, till the data what we have it shows the efficiency and the efficacy finishes and it is necessary for yourself to protect yourself against COVID. Sure thing. I'll just be taking another still one or two. Research needs is is needs to be done and it's going on in hospitals. Oh, got it. So I'll be taking another one or two questions. Uh, I'm sorry if I've been uh, if I've skipped a, a one or two um, a few questions for the same. Uh, we'll be covering it up uh, in the next episode, I guess. So, uh, ma'am, another question by uh, Vanani Chabra was: Is it advisable for children below twelve? Um, is it advisable for children below twelve or twelve to sixteen to take vaccines? Trials are going on. Trials are going on. See, um, medical professionals, we do not comment uh, uh, on anything uh, before we don't have a data. Trials are going on. And what side effects? Uh, we Right now, uh, wherever in the world the children are getting vaccinated, there are no uh, side effects being noted or uh, there in long term. We even also don't know what is going to happen. So it's all something uh, which eventually we know with time. And how would it affect the puberty period? Uh, this is something uh, right now 
very difficult to answer because as such we see nothing uh, on this topic right chindi so uh, the last question that i'll be taking up from ayushi chopra would be ma'am do you think that in third wave also there may be shortage of uh, remde remdesivir and other essential medicines no now uh, the government uh, you know the government and the all the hospital administrations are all geared up uh, mm -hmm. geared up with the medicines that uh, we were struggling to get in the second wave uh it sh it should not be happening unless or until something uh, you know uh, another different comes up at the third wave uh any kind of medicines which would which would be needed in the treatment of covid true true ma'am so uh this brings us to the end of our podcast thank you so much ma'am for clearing all our queries and everything mm -hmm.